You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grown-ups I remember being drawn to when I was a kid. They were never the classroom teachers or youth ministers or other legit adults who were seemingly functional and normal. I was drawn to the weirdos. When I was in second grade, there was a young woman in her 20s who hung out around our church, and I was drawn to her because she was an epileptic, and I once saw her have a seizure in church, during which she kind of tried to take off her shirt, which was perhaps scarier to the grown-ups than the seizure itself. (laughs) Once she and I were sitting on a sofa upstairs, and she smiled and opened a small box that was sitting on her lap, from which she lifted a photograph. She showed me a picture of a tiny baby boy wrapped in a plaid blanket, and said the baby was hers, but she gave it to a nice married couple to raise as their own because she was so young when that baby was born. My mom understandably worried that I was too young to hear such things, but once I heard them, I wanted to hear more. I mean, this young woman was so textured and interesting to me, and I liked her. And more than that, I felt welcomed into her story. Perhaps she sensed I too was going to have some weird stories of my own someday that as a young adult I too would be someone that good mothers would try and keep their young girls from listening to. (laughs) Two weeks ago I met an odd young girl at a social gathering, perhaps 12 years of age. She wore purple glasses in front of her busy eyes, and I smiled and motioned that she should come and sit next to me, another weirdo. She was so smart that the air around her just stung with it. And man, it didn't take long for her to tell me about that horrible Samantha at school who bullied her and then lied about it and never got in trouble. I welcomed this story, and I told her some of my own that differed very little from hers. I wanted to be able to tell her it will all be better now because she's going to a new school soon. But I chose to be a realist because it very well may not be. She will still be smart and awkward, and in this world, smart and awkward girls get bullied. I mention all of this because in our Gospel reading for today, Jesus talks about welcoming. But these two weird little verses that we just heard really only make sense in the context of the 10th chapter of Matthew, which is what they end. We've heard most of that 10th chapter of Matthew over the course of the last few weeks, but since like one, maybe two of you were not here every Sunday in June, (laughs) here's a recap. Jesus has been on a whirlwind healing and preaching and casting out demons tour when he realizes there's like a lot of work to be done more than he can manage alone. And so he summons a particularly ragged group of resources called his disciples, and he makes them his deputies. And he gives them authority to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons. He allows them 
to become what they have received. But before they go, he gives them basically the worst pep talk in the history of ever. <laughs> He's like, okay, don't take money or even a change of clothes. Uh, the food might suck and the people might reject you, but just if they do, move on. And there's a high wolf danger and you might get arrested, but don't worry about that. Uh, your parents are gonna hate that you're doing this and your whole family may reject you. The truth will all come out in the wash. It will suck, but you will be fine. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And here's where we pick up for today. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Since I've been thinking so much about some of the things in your own lives that are hard right now, I guess I just found Jesus' realism comforting. I mean, I love that as he sends out his disciples, he's totally realistic about what this is going to look like. It can sometimes feel like the promises of religion and spirituality can be delusional in their positivity. Just pray and have faith and do some yoga and everything will be rainbows and unicorns forever. Just cut out gluten. So simple. <laughs> you'll be likable and your life will be easy and you'll always know what to say, but Jesus doesn't promise this. He loves us too much not to be totally honest. Sometimes relationships are strained. Not everyone will accept you. Hard things in life are just hard. The food might suck and watch out for wolves. And don't take other people's stuff personally. If they don't want to hear what you have to say, if they're uninterested in healing and wholeness, move on. Shake the dust from your shoes. BS will be revealed for what it is. And God has your back in the only ways that really matter. But then he says, some people will welcome you. Some people want to be healed. Some people will even offer you a smile and some cool water. This gospel thing, this healing thing, this forgiveness thing, this mercy thing, it isn't welcomed by everyone. Like, not by the magistrates or the religious leaders or maybe even your own family. So who is it? Who will welcome us? Who will smile and scooch over? Well, this week I started wondering if we were maybe given a clue as to who the people are who will want this thing. Which people want to be healed, which people want forgiveness and mercy, which people are unafraid of the truth because they have nothing to protect. Here's the clue in the text. Earlier, in the same chapter, when Jesus is about to send the disciples out, he said, what you have received for free, gives for free. And if what they were giving was healing of disease and the casting out of demons, this means then that the disciples themselves had received healing and the casting out of demons themselves. They weren't sent out on a mission trip of healing that was some insulting blend of paternalism and benevolence. They were sent to simply give what they've received. And Jesus was sure to be realistic that a lot of people won't be interested. 
Some people will be insulted by implying that forgiveness of sins is real because they don't think they have any. Some people won't want things they are attached to to be called unclean. But some people, he promises, some people will smile and make room and welcome you with cold water. See, the people who welcome the disciples are the people who are like the disciples. I don't mean like them ethnically, economically, culturally. I mean people who are like them spiritually. The disciples were on the lookout for the other weirdos so that they could give what they had received. So they could welcome them into their story and be welcomed into theirs. So they could offer them healing that they had received. So they could name unclean what was unclean and cast it away. So they could sit with them and wait for the salvation of God more than watchmen for the morning. They looked for the weirdos and saw them as beautiful. Those whose legs didn't work right. Those who were blind and made faces they didn't know looked weird to everyone else. The disciples scanned the room for the person who had no chance of pretending they were fine. The pregnant 15-year-old, the leper, the kid who was bullied, and they saw them all as beautiful and they saw them all as kindred. They approached them and they smiled and patted the seat next to them and opened up little boxes and told their secrets. If someone welcomes you, they welcome me, Jesus said, for in you the kingdom of God has come near. God loves us too much not to be a realist. Not everyone wants this thing. And some people will reject you and the food might suck and watch out for wolves. But also, look out for your kindred. They might not look the way you think they will, but you will know them by their welcome. When I talked to my new young friend the other day about my own bullying and struggles when I was her age, I told her a little secret. I said, look, here's what you should know. Every adult I know who was bullied in middle school, now that they're older, are awesome. Like, amazing, super interesting people. And usually those who did the bullying are like, super boring now. I mean, like, who wants to peak in middle school? And she smiled. To me, even the beauty and texture and humor of those who survived bullying when they were young, even this points to the salvation of God. Points to the way that God is the great composter, <laughs> turning our crap into beauty in life, and giving the weirdos to each other as family, and gathering us around a common table to become what we receive, the broken and blessed body of Christ. 